Radio for the Agile community. www.agile.fm I'm here today with Mike Rode. He's a website designer who writes on design, sketching, drawing, sketch notes, technology, travel, cycling, books and coffee. He's also the illustrator of the books, The $100 Startup, Rework and Remote. And I also think you are the illustrator of your own book, The Sketchbook Handbook. Is that right? That is right. The Sketchnote Handbook is mine and I illustrated the whole thing and uh... We also developed a typeface to go along with it just to make it a little bit easier to manage. So, uh, yeah, that is that's that is right. Yeah, so first of all, I um, I visited your website and it said um, it, the book was released on the 30th of November 2012. So it's exactly one year old at the time of our recording here for our podcast. Congratulations. Thank you very much. Um, what is, like, what has happened to you, to the world of... Uh, uh, is sketching in the last one year since your book actually uh, came to the bookshelf. And I know that a lot of people um, rave about this book. Well, I think it's been very successful. Uh, my editor actually called it phenomenally, phenomenally successful. I can't even say that word. Um, because uh, it seems to be continuing to move um, uh, by gauges of reviews. Uh, Amazon, there's over 100 reviews and they're very positive. Um, uh, my advance that I was extended by the publisher has been earned out, and now we're earning royalties. So that's another indicator that it's doing well. And uh, I continue to see people mentioning in, in uh, social media, either showing the book or showing their sketch notes. And I've got a huge backlog on the other site that I run that's related to it, the Sketchnote Army, mm -hmm. uh, where I feature um, either first-time sketchnoters or people that try sketchnoting out, and we try to feature as many people as we can from as many places as we can. There's a huge backlog there. So that's another indicator that it's definitely a movement and it's uh, doing well. Yeah, so before we, before we start talking about some very specific topics, uh, maybe there are some listeners on it who do not even know what, uh, what that sketching would even be. How would you describe uh, to somebody brand new to this topic what you do and what that book is all about? Well, uh, I, I describe it as notes plus. So I don't, dis I don't discount handwritten notes whatsoever. Um, the idea is that you take the handwritten notes that you already do and you add to them, hence the name Notes Plus. So you take the same text that you write uh, and you simply add visuals to them. So, for instance, icons to help represent maybe a deadline or a task or something you should pay attention to. And this allows you to scan back through your notes and see important tidbits. So that's maybe a very basic level of what sketch notes can be. All the way to more complex, uh, highly drawn uh, imagery, so where maybe the, the visuals actually dominate and then the notes around it are text to annotate that image. Mm -hmm. So it can go any any way from one end to the other of that spectrum. And it's really, a, it's uh, the third component is, in a lot of cases, being aware of what's valuable and important and resonates with you as you're hearing it and capturing those things. So one of the big reasons that I came to this method of taking notes was I used to take notes almost like a court reporter. So I had this giant book. I had a pencil so I could erase mistakes. And I would capture everything that was said in a meeting or a conference or whatsoever um, to the point that I had these huge pages full of very detailed notes, which I assumed that I would go back and draw a meeting from in the future, but never really did. Mm -hmm. So that was very impractical. It, was, it felt like it was a good idea, but it turned out to be quite impractical. And so 
my solution was to go to a small book to use a uh, an ink pen mm-hmm. because it would force me to be deliberate. Deliberate in the sense that the small book couldn't capture the quantity of notes that I would normally tend to take. And the ink pen would force me to be more deliberate about what I captured on the paper because once it's on the paper, it's on the paper. Mm-hmm. And the combination of those two things led me to the third thing, which was being much more deliberate about what's important to me. Um, how can I take this idea that I'm hearing, whether it's in my head and I'm getting it on paper, so that's more brainstorming, or I'm in a conference or I'm in a meeting and I'm trying to take information that's relevant to me that can be applied. Mm-hmm. So that was that's kind of where it led to, and that would be sort of the overall description of what uh, sketch notes are. Mm-hmm. So if you if you weren't on this uh, podcast right now as somebody to you know talk to me about uh, notes and sketching and everything, and you would be just an observer or listener. Um, you'd be one who would actually do some visual notes here in the background while we're talking and capturing those important things we're talking about. Yeah, I think um, that's very true. And, uh, you know, you can apply it to all different kind of things. So podcasts are certainly valid where you're trying to draw information out of it. It can be you can watch videos, you can be in live events, you can be brainstorming ideas. So there's lots of applications for this technique uh, that are valid and valuable for the person. And I, I always say it's important to understand that sketch notes are first personal Mm-hmm. And then for other people. So it's going to always have more meaning for you, the one who took it, because you're mixing the, the verbal and the visual part of your brain together in this making of a map of right. imagery. So it's always more uh, valuable to you as a person individually. And then it, of course, can allow you to explain ideas to other people mm-hmm. or just offer them up uh, verbatim for someone to draw their own meanings from. So mm-hmm. uh, there's definitely different ways you can apply them. So next time I'm in a in a big meeting with uh, project managers, executives, and we're all sitting around a big, big uh, boardroom table, and this is one person sitting at the um, at the table who takes graphical notes. That could be you. So this is not a person uh, daydreaming or drifting away from the actual meeting. That is somebody taking important notes. Right. Yeah. Exactly. And you know, I'm I'm even to the next level of trying to teach others to apply these techniques at the level that they are comfortable and able to do it for themselves, to make their own notes more mm-hmm. rich and more memorable so that when they go back, they remember more of the meeting and mm-hmm. the things that are important are captured. Yeah. Well, absolutely. Let's go to that part where you teach people. That's the book, the sketchbook handbook. Um, uh, the book itself is actually, uh, there's a paper version and there's a video version. That's right. There's actually quite a few versions, uh, which is both a blessing and a curse. Uh, in the sense, it's a blessing because any way you would like the book, you can have it. So there's a PDF version, there's a Kindle version, there's a print version. Um, there's also a print version with an online video. And the online video can be either bought separately as a download or viewable online or as a DVD. So as you can see, there's all different ways you can get the content, which is great, but it makes it more complex in describing it. So yes, there is... Um, I wrote a book uh, and designed it. It's quite visual. Uh, lots of my drawings are in there. Um, I took my handwriting and turned it into a typeface, so it allowed me to make modifications that I knew would come in the in the publishing process, so that helped. And now that typeface is available also for purchase, too, so if you like it, you can mm-hmm. use it in your own stuff. Um, and then I used uh, a friend of mine, Brian, who's local here. I'm in Milwaukee, so he's a, he's a, he's a filmmaker, and he helped me capture the idea of, of the books in a film form. And he's uh, really good at documentary film. So it's like a documentary film. We do some on-location mm-hmm. uh, stuff in the videos uh, where I actually go on-site uh, to watch someone speak. And then you see me actually sketch noting, and you can sort of see 
what things I'm letting go and what things I'm deciding to capture. That so that can be valuable. Mm -hmm. So um, I just uh, yesterday actually heard uh, somebody <laughs> make a reference uh, very similar to uh, I think what you're mentioning here is saying you can't really learn swimming from reading a book. Uh, yeah. So how how would that relate to uh, um, sketches? Uh, I mean, we're reading a book about sketches. Is that video? with it is that more like a complimentary thing about like her oh, this is really how it's being done is that an essential thing or do you think the book itself is self-standing and, and can help people to get started with this well the content is similar in both so we're trying to use each medium in its best capacity so for instance in the book one of the things we can do is show lots of samples of other people's work so you can see how some other people have produced sketch notes and use their own style to capture their ideas um, we also focus a lot on activities, so the book is very brief and to the point, and the intention of the book is to get you thinking about ideas and how to do them, and then challenges you to act on them. So, for instance, in the back, there's quite a few worksheets on how to draw simple lettering that you can do quickly and yet can be bold. Uh, talk about how do you draw faces and how you can capture um, emotions very simply with just a few lines. It talks about how to draw simple shapes and objects using uh, square, circle, line, triangle, and dot, and then challenges you with a worksheet where you, you are given words, and then you're challenged to draw them from your memory. So um, it's, it's a combination of you know, ideas. It's really a handbook uh, and a reference book, in a sense, where it, we show you some concepts, and then we challenge you to try them. So the idea is that you are applying this stuff immediately. Mm -hmm. um Wonderful. I mean, I've um, we just uh, recently actually I, I organized a conference and uh, we had some visual recording there. We mm -hmm. just felt like that would be an um, an awesome technique to have somebody actually. Um, I don't know if they're notes or not, but um, it was a visual recording of a um, of a presentation. How would, uh, if even, uh, your sketching be different from visual recording? You know, in a lot of ways, they're quite related to each other. I would almost call them cousins. Mm -hmm. And uh, what's really interesting is I developed a sketchnoting approach just on my own. And then after it got moving, I discovered that there was something called graphic facilitators and uh, graphic recorders, which it sounds like someone you had a large-scale piece in the front of the room. Mm -hmm. And they're, they're taking in information and capturing it on this big board for everyone to see. And then later, maybe they would take photos and share it. Mm -hmm. So they're using a lot of the same principles. Um, Probably the difference is um, someone who does graphic recording or facilitation uh, are professionals with lots of years of experience, and they're really they train themselves to to pick up the important information. So they do it all the time, and they're really quite skilled. Where maybe a, just a person using the technique, it's at a little different level, even though it's it's still valuable. So um, very similar uh, techniques and approaches. Um, so I think they're quite related. Really, the only difference is size and uh, the fact that you uh, have an audience behind you um, is the difference in recording and facilitation. It's even to another level. That person who does the drawing is actually running the meeting and facilitating and making sure that people are you know, having a voice. So if someone is quiet in the corner, they might draw them out and have them voice their opinions and capture that information. So that's really tough. It's a very highly sought-after professional skill. Um, and uh, I don't know if I could do that or not. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm more focused on the capturing. So that's definitely a high-level skill. So, mm -hmm. Awesome. The, you, uh, you have a very diverse background. You currently work for a user-centered design firm. Uh, mm -hmm. But you also have worked as a web developer, as, uh, even in print media uh, for many years. Um, and 
uh, you also have worked for a um, relatively long period of time actually on an on an agile team now now we have talked a little bit about sketch noting we've talked about the techniques and how you connect these things for um, for project environments let's talk about how this technique could be actually used on uh, on any IT project and maybe even for an financial project how do you how do you see sketch noting actually fit into a project well actually I think it's it can be very key in uh, especially in the development stage where you're trying to figure out what items um, maybe you're going to put on your backlog uh, or you're even developing the stories that you're going to develop right so um, maybe you're maybe using whiteboard in this case instead of a piece of paper, but any is valid. Uh, the advantage of the whiteboard is everyone's in the room and they can see who's drawing, if it's you or maybe multiple people come up. Uh, the idea of using um, imagery and uh, typography, lettering, to emphasize points and to capture information I think is really valuable. It's sort of a visual literacy, this idea that you can not only write text but then draw out maybe relationships between, let's say, a database backend um, and a form, or uh, what should that form contain, and why should it contain those things, and then you can sort of spread out and use that whole board or paper in in that case mm -hmm. to really spell it out and sort of map it out. I think there's some, you know, if you think about mind mapping, is another visual thinking tool that can be used in that way. This is not quite as rigid; it's more free form, so you can feel free to adjust how you capture information. Whereas a say a mind map is pretty structured, mm -hmm. uh, but any of those along that continuum. Uh, where you're using visual thinking to capture ideas is really valuable for especially that early stage or even stages where you're running into problems and you need to map it out and see like where mm. uh, you know my it's, uh, a lot of the cases <laughs> I'll describe the value of sketches I see at very minimum is that we can at least get something on paper on the board that we can disagree about um, a lot of times you approach a problem where I have a certain idea of how things are and what the limitations are and what the context is and I make assumptions that you know that as well. And then we start talking to each other with those assumptions in place, and they may be quite different. Uh, and then we come to an impasse where it's clear that you were thinking something quite different than me. Mm. So when you sketch something out on paper or on a board and you draw out your assumptions, it makes it easier for someone to spot, like, oh, you mean uh, we're going to have two databases instead of one or whatever the case might be. That's right. You sort of reveal what your thinking is a little bit more clearly and in more detail so that that other person can really f more fully understand what you're thinking and then be able to deal with that situation. So I did that quite a bit uh, on the Agile team that I was on for five months when we would run into problems. Because the project had already begun by the time I got there, I was more of an asset for producing graphics and helping structure things. Um, a couple of instances, one instance we had to map out um, a login process. So I used my sketching capabilities to really map it out and draw out how the flow would go and then annotate it with lots of notes about what happens here, what happens there. I would mm. present that to the team members. We had a small sub-team that would look at that situation. They, oh, you know, this doesn't work like that, or this, this hook's over there. We don't really need this part. And then I would revise that sketch and do another one. I think I did three iterations of the sketch until we got to the final one. And then that was presented to the actual developer Mm -hmm. who would then uh, produce it. And they were also involved in some of the feedback as well. So they saw it happening as it developed. So it was a very open process. Um, several members were involved in it and had the ability to, to change the direction. So it wasn't like I went off into my holy mountain and did some drawing that was then handed down, which is much more of the waterfall mm -hmm. method, right? It was much more interactive. I'm asking questions of team members. 
really trying to understand the problem so we can get to a solution. It's nothing about, you know, um, my ego or somehow that I'm right and you're wrong or something like that. It's like, hey, we need to solve this problem. Right. Uh, help me solve that problem. I'm going to map it out visually to help get it out in a different way so we know what we're actually looking at. And that was really valuable. Mike, you're bringing up a wonderful point because so many people might, I'm saying might, uh, think of visual techniques and they, they look at graphical user interface design, user interaction and all these kind of things. But your technique, and I think that's the point you're making here, could also be included in, in the ideation, in problem solving, um, in any kind of uh, scenarios um, you might spec out and uh, discuss with your team members. You might even have a sketch on your team to clarify ambiguity on yeah. um, things you might misunderstand in terms of uh, requirements, user stories, and all these things you're mentioning. Mm -hmm. um, so that is a um, there's a wonderful technique actually, which was just uh, seamlessly in, uh, work with agile uh, processes. It also it's also a good technique for um, sketching in, in general. I would say for agile projects because you're mentioning it's done with pen and paper, and uh, we do a lot of stuff with pen and paper. Mm -hmm. uh, there's also a different trend of uh, companies, teams going with electronic tools, physical uh, physical boards, uh, more in the co-located space, but mm -hmm. uh, very electronic things, um, you know, chatting as we do right now, using electronic media to actually convey messages. How mm -hmm. do you think sketching would fit in a digital approach when teams are not co-located? What kind of techniques do you use? What kind of um, tools do you use? Well, that's really interesting because I think um, we're in a situation now where we've got lots of ways to capture sketched information much more rapidly than even five years ago. I mean, the phone camera that you have in your pocket is pretty amazing. Mm. Um, you know, in, in, I know, for example, Evernote has a very nice capability that uh, if you've got a document, it'll take a picture and uh, up the contrast and uh, make it look quite nice. There's scanning applications, I know, for iOS and, and Android that can do that kind of work as well. So, for instance, if you did a sketch on a board or in a, in a notebook, you could take a photo with your phone camera, mail it to yourself, and then upload it to these shared uh, spaces. Maybe it's even converted to a PDF in that workflow. And then you can annotate it with additional notes and have discussions going on on top of that as well. So, I mean, there's the ability to get it in is actually becoming much easier to get to. But um, So I think that actually opens things up quite a bit. Uh, the fact that you can have drawings together maybe in a small team and then present it to a larger team simply by scanning it or taking a photo and then you know putting it up on a board and maybe presenting it for a larger group and then having a discussion. Mm -hmm. Or if you're co-located, like multiple team members are remote, you know you could put that up in a discussion space, even in a live discussion space like a chat where they're all looking at the same document and then we're having a discussion kind of around it. That can mm -hmm. be valuable as well. So I, I think that's... I think it's still very valid to use these tools. I think the advantage I see in pen and paper or pencil and paper is the rapidity. Um, I think you can do quite a bit with software, and there's definitely places where maybe software makes more sense, maybe doing um, doing like a prototype that needs to be a little bit tighter. But uh, there's a lot of places where the rapidity of pen and pencil on paper can still beat it, and I think it also opens up your mind. I think there's a tendency with software, I know for me, to fall into ruts and to do things the same way because it's the way I know, mm -hmm. where paper is much more open, like you can imagine more and you're not being limited by thinking in software terms too quickly. Mm -hmm. So if you have the opportunity, you would start, even for somebody out there maybe experimenting with this, 
even in a distributed um, environment, you would still your origin would be still paper and pen, and you would take it, you would scan, and you would take di digital representations from that. Yeah, I think so. so yeah. I think um, even if you let's say you uh, you did a lot of this, and maybe the camera is not practical or it's mm -hmm. a little bit too much of a hassle. I mean, there's Canon scanners that run on a USB port that can be moved around to any team member. Um, I just had a look at this really interesting little portable scanner called a Doxy Flip, which uh, is a little flatbed scanner that runs on batteries and uses an SD card for scanning, and then you can stitch those images together. So um, even in that space with scanning, there's quite a bit you can do with um, just really simple scanners for under $100 uh, pretty quickly. So it's definitely some value there. All right. Awesome. So this is really uh, helpful information. I do want to close our podcast with uh, one question, which is recently um, on, a, on a previous episode on, on Agile FM, there was one question uh, we addressed and it was like, I can't draw. And uh, so, and we, we clarified that since we can't, you know, you can't draw well. So there's a, there's a huge difference between um, drawing, not being able to be, uh, being able to draw and the actual ability of drawing well. What if somebody cannot draw well? What if somebody? What kind of tools are out there for somebody who's like, I want to do some sketch noting? Are there any stencils? Are there any kind of templates you're using to make the life of the ones who are not so good drawing well a little bit easier? Like me. <laughs> <laughs> well, I would say I think that's a very good distinction. Um, when I do talks, either the one hour or the longer talks, a lot of people that's uh, a hang up is that they feel that they can't draw. And I'm quick to point out exactly what you say. You, you can't, it's not that you can't draw, that you feel that you can't draw well, or you don't have the experience in drawing like you may have in another space. So it's really something that can be learned. I think the other advantage is uh, if you can draw simple objects, um, you can express quite a bit more than you think you can. Um, I think there's often this assumption, I can't draw well, so I won't draw at all. Yeah. And I think that can be dangerous. Um, um, you know, so... The idea a lot in the book and when I speak is you can build a lot more with um, five simple shapes. So I focus on these five shapes. It's a square, a circle, a triangle, a line, and a dot. And using a combination of those in different formats. So, for instance, a circle could be an oval or an ellipse. A square can be rectangles, either tall and thin or, or whatever. So when you start looking at objects or you start coming up with ideas in your head and you think about using these basic building blocks, let's call them, you can start building really simple objects using them more quickly than you may realize. And I think a lot of it's just a matter of practicing and testing things out uh, and trying. Um, there's a really interesting book by a guy named Ed Emberley. It's for kids, but it's called Make a World. And what he does in this book is he's basically thought of all these objects in a world, trucks and ships and planes, and he shows how to build them with really simple shapes. Um, so that can be a really valuable thing because I think what we – what we're getting to is when we're doing this visual thinking, we're trying to capture ideas. We're not we're not trying to be Van Gogh or something. We're not trying to be great artists. We're not going to hang this stuff in galleries necessarily. It's all functional work, functional tools that get us to their means to an end. Right? You're solving problems, and it you know you maybe you store it for later, but it's likely once you solve the problem with a sketch, it's not going to be used again. So um, I think moving to the idea that, hey, if it's good enough to express the idea and for me to express my thinking, that's really the key of it. And not so much that it's great art or anything like that. And sort of moving past being embarrassed about it just being basic art is a really key thing. We address that in the book right away. Um, and I think that certainly helps people 
moved to the space where they just give it a try. Mm -hmm. And um, the funny thing is with sketchnoting is uh, often people who are not artists do better with sketchnoting because they're not as hung up on trying to capture every detail. So there's definitely advantages to being not a not a proficient artist at first because you are more open to accepting and trying things out than someone who maybe gets hung up on getting every noodly detail right. So. <laughs> I think yeah. I think what we have explored is uh, um, sketch noting is a is a wonderful technique. I have uh, browsed around your website. I saw your uh, examples. I I think we also explored the opportunities how it could be included in um, agile development in particular. That's why what we want to address here, um, and that people who want to explore that like me uh, should be brave and just try something and uh, start um, experimenting, practicing those techniques. Yeah, I think that's a good that's a good uh, point of view. And uh, what I can do, um, if you have show notes for the podcast, I can certainly provide some links. We have one that's um, all of the exercises from the book have been captured in a PDF that you can uh, download and print out if you like, and then start exploring these ideas. And I'd be happy to give away to a listener a copy of the book if you'd like, and uh, ship it up, ship it to them, so we can have a little gift for someone if you'd like to do that. So, well, let's let's do it like a contest. The first, yeah, there person. we go. The first person listening to this podcast, getting to this moment and sending me an email um, will receive the book. It has to be the first person. <laughs> awesome. Thanks for offering, Mike. Um, Mike, how else could people get in touch with you? What's your um, uh, website? What's your uh, Twitter handle? Well, my website is rodesign.com, R-O-H-D-E-S-I-G-N.com. And I'm quite active on Twitter, so that's probably the best place to find me and see what I'm thinking about sharing, doing. And uh, that again is row design. So any pretty much anywhere you go where row design is, you'll probably find me Instagram, Flickr, and those kind of places. So those are the two I would recommend. Awesome, thank you, Mike. And uh, it was great talking to you. And thanks for sharing your thoughts around uh, sketch noting. And uh, hopefully it um, just generated a couple of new ideas for our listeners out there experimenting with this technique in an agile project. Well, thank you, Jochen. I appreciate it, and thanks for having me on. Thank you. Thank you for listening to Agile FM, the radio for the Agile community. I'm your host, Joe Krebs. If you're interested in more programming and additional podcasts, please go to www.agile.fm. Talk to you soon.